It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We have great guests, and we're happy to say tonight is no exception, Megan Alexander. She's the national correspondent for Inside Edition, the television program. She covers the NFL Thursday Night Football, and she's also covered the Super Bowl. Well, she's a lady of faith, and she has a new book. It's called Faith in the Spotlight, Thriving in Your Career While Staying True to Your Beliefs. Very well done. Megan, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a two and a half year passion project of mine. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like, it's like birthing a baby. When it's finally over, you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's exciting that it's here. And uh, I hope that people can get inspiration from it. Absolutely. As a little child, I mean, there's a glean in your eye with a soccer ball and you wanted to be president and you haven't stopped dreaming since, it seems. You're really a go-getter. Definitely, I would not say that you're shy. <laughs> no, I was raised in a in a Christian home with parents that wanted me to just try, you know, my best at whatever I was interested in, try a variety of things. And yeah, I, you know, I'm one of two girls and being the second child, I got the benefit of watching my older sister do a lot, which I'm so thankful for. And yeah, from an early age, I just had a lot of goals and dreams and ideas and had a lot of girl power moments along the way with sports and that has, you know, carried over into my career now and with my family. It seems like people in your industry, they, they never sleep. That is very, very true. You know, this industry is not for the faint of heart. Uh, I have been on more red-eye flights than I can count <laughs> and put in long hours. My very first radio job, Michael, was the midnight to 6 a.m. shift for a classical music station. So you got to do what you got to do to get your foot in the door in terms of hard work and taking those maybe not so glamorous hours. But yeah, even now, it is so true. I find that you know, the top performing business owners or celebrities, instead of celebrating, oftentimes they're headed out to their next project or dashing home to be with their family. It's a never ending marathon. And you have to be driven. I mean, you're friends with a lot of important people, I would say, in this industry, like Michael W. Smith and Mark Burnett and, and Max Licato. I mean, the list goes on. It seems like even from a very early age that you, you felt comfortable doing that. Yes. You know, I think praising people, getting to know people, telling people stories is so important in life. And, you know, at an early age, I just enjoyed that and enjoy performing, communication, telling stories. And yeah, you know, being on the set and interviewing Roma Downey and Mark Burnett when the Bible series first came out on the History Channel, and I got to talk to them about it, their passion project. And then, yes, somebody like Michael W. Smith, who wrote the intro for my chapter on hustling, you know, we often don't think of him as somebody that's burning the midnight oil <laughs> and working hard as a father and a husband and a grandfather. I love that he wrote the intro to the hustle chapter because he also worked so, so hard touring and zipping from one city to the next. I love to hear people's stories of hard work and grit and determination. And one of my favorite quotes, Michael, it's in the book, is, don't be upset with the results you didn't get by the work you didn't do. And by the way, I, I couldn't get that song out of my head, Do the Hustle. When you, <laughs> I was thinking of that uh, you know, from a long time ago. But it seems like ladies in leadership, you know, young women too in leadership, somehow that, that caused a spark in you. So tell me a little bit behind the inspiration of your book. 
Yes. The idea to finally write this book, um, the idea crystallized when I got an email a couple years ago from a pastor in Seattle. And he said, Megan, I have a church full of young, ambitious women of faith. They have big career goals and dreams, but they're worried they're going to need to compromise their faith to get that corner office, to climb the ladder, to work in your industry. He said, I have few role models to point them towards, especially in entertainment, but I know of you. Would you come speak to my church? And I said, I'd love to come speak to those ladies. I'll take it a step further. I need to write this book. Michael, I don't think there are that many books out there for the young, ambitious woman of faith. Mm -hmm. I think that's a conversation that we're hearing more and more in the church, and I'm excited about it. But I really felt I needed to do what I could to motivate the next generation and let them know they can do it. It's obvious that you've been around a lot of people who have inspired you and mentored you. you, And I think that, uh, I guess, you know, how can I say, Oprah Winfrey and other women who are powerful leaders, even now it seems like you never stop growing. Absolutely. You know, something my father said to me when I graduated college, he said, congratulations, Megan, but the finals are never over. And what he meant was every day is different. I mean, it truly is a never ending marathon in life in terms of what we do. And I found in in some of my research for the book and some of my interviews that the most successful people are always striving to be a little bit better and to do that next project. And, you know, for me, with my family, an encouragement for that, a verse that we found encouraging in the Bible is Second Timothy 4-7, when he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. I want people to know that it is possible to do it and keep the faith. And yeah, some of my role models, you know, I've never met them, but I admire them from afar. You know, and I think we can find those mentors from afar. You don't have to do coffee every other week with somebody. We can sort of piecemeal it together and be intentional with our time when we do get to meet them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you have all these different assignments. I mean, anyone who turns on Inside Edition knows that they're going to get it all you know, from this world uh, that we're living in, this crazy world we live in. And so um, I, I imagine in your life, you really have to be ready for just about any assignment or anything. Is that true? That is very true. You can never be too prepared. And there have been times when I have felt very prepared and I executed well and delivered for my boss. And there have been times when I did not do my homework well enough. I was too rushed, too crazed, and I felt overwhelmed on assignment. So, you know, the best thing that you can do is is gather yourself, do the best that you can and know that tomorrow is a new day. Um, but, yeah, especially covering some of these events like the Super Bowl when any and every, you know, football player that's in the Hall Hall of Fame that you can think of is going to be there. Sure, you're not going to know everyone, but it is our job as reporters to try to know as much as we can so that we can deliver the story to the viewers. And a lot of this, Michael, you know, it, it these are like one, two minute conversations that I get with some of these people on the red carpet. It's fast and furious and it's quick. So you really have to mind your minutes and uh, multitask. That, that's something I realized right away when I got into the industry. Do you have to know all the plays too for the NFL? Well, my job was to cover it more as a fan for the viewers. I covered it for all the local CBS affiliates. And so they wanted me to give a report that was like 50%, you know, the highlights of the game, the major players, and then 50% sort of the tailgate party and what the fans were feeling, interviewing them in the, in the parking lot, getting ready for the game. And then maybe mention, you know, who's singing the national anthem, if there's some halftime entertainment, so that was my job. I wasn't just straight sports, 
but you can bet that there were definitely times when you've just got to, I told people it was like I was studying for a final before every Thursday night football game. I felt like I could never study enough. And I knew being a female, I never would be able to know it all because I never played football. So you just, you just do the best that you can. Just between us. Okay. Can you get me a ticket for the Super Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) That is the million dollar question. I can't even get a ticket for my husband, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was going to ask you if you if you get that question almost every day. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> the, hottest, the hottest ticket in town. I mean, in your line of work, and I'm sure other people could relate. I mean, they're actors, they're they're singers, they're all kinds of different people. They're so interesting that you mentioned in your book, uh, in your travels, and uh, sometimes we feel like that Elijah complex that I'm the only Christian here. But uh, remarkably, I'm sure you have lots and lots of stories like you share in your book. Sure. Well, going into this industry, I really wanted to be known for good work. I wanted to be an excellent reporter, you know, a good interviewer, a good producer, just do my craft well. And I, I got to be honest with you, Michael, I didn't really think about it. I, I just wanted to be a part of the industry and, and do good work. And then you sort of aren't sure what's ahead. But very quickly, um, early on, I needed to define who I was in different situations. And being on live television, when I worked in San Antonio, Texas, you know, on live TV, you have to decide in that moment who you're going to be when you're discussing topics and giving your opinion. So in San Antonio, I really began to, to figure out, okay, you know, mentioning that you go to church on the weekend or mentioning if you're, you know, a fan of a certain, you know, Christian author and so forth. And then later on, uh, working for Inside Edition, you know, I, I never really thought that talking about my faith and in particular um, my story of abstinence would be something that I would do or that would be of interest to people. But I'll tell you this, what has pleasantly surprised me about the business is, you know, I have friends from all different faiths and all different backgrounds in New York, New York City, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think that because they know they can count on me as a fellow reporter, a fellow producer, a member of the team, that they knew that first. And so then later, when I start to talk about my faith, they know it's a part of my life. But they know me as also the good worker first. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Forget about the NFL for a minute. Forget about the Super Bowl. Forget about Inside Edition. You know that you've made it when you're hanging out with Snooki. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know it. Oh, Picture goodness. right here in your book. With <laughs> yes. You never know what the job will entail. And after being at Inside Edition for a few years, the Jersey Shore was a very popular mm-hmm. reality show on MTV. And, yes, they told me that I would be getting the full Snooky makeover. So, folks, if you get the book, you'll see a picture of me dressed like Snooky. That was my assignment for the day. Mm-hmm. So in going back, I mean, in time, it seems that it's like you almost always wanted to be president. And I don't know how that happens where all of a sudden you just know as a young, you have to have a lot of confidence. Obviously, you know, you had it together uh, very early and you knew that you wanted to be a leader, uh, almost like out of the womb that you wanted to be, uh, you know, to go to Washington and things like that. I mean, was uh, politics uh, on top of your mind at one time? You know, it was in the sense that I got involved in student council in high school and really enjoy that process in terms of planning activities and, and working with your fellow students. And then in college, yes, I did a semester. I was a political science major and did a semester um, in Washington, D.C. and interned for United States Senator Richard Luger from Indiana. And um, it was inspired by the process. It wasn't so much that I ever 
wanted to work in politics, but I was thinking maybe I, you know, could be a political reporter or do something in the media connected to politics. But then that inspired me to go back to my college, to Westmont College, and run for student body president and really do what I could to, you know, implement change in my college. Um, so, I, you know, Michael, it was one of those things where I think when you're a big dreamer, you just sort of try out a bunch of different things. And um, that's the beauty of, you know, of youth and exploring and studying and, and all the great programs that are offered to folks in college. But, I, you know, I found that it, politics is... is um, what shall we say? It is a little bit dire right now. So I'm, I'm thankful that, no, I don't cover it every day. <laughs> yeah, low brown. I mean, really, the debate. Um, who are some of your mentors? That is a great question. Well, my mom has been my mentor my whole life. Um, appreciate her so much in the way that she raised my sister and I. And I call her up now, having two young boys of my own almost every other day and say, Mom, how did you do it? I need help. <laughs> so when you have children of your own, I think you appreciate and respect your parents more than ever. Um, for me personally, I have a few personal mentors, um, a neighbor right now in my neighborhood that I really appreciate. Um, I have some you know, distant mentors, people that I admire from afar that I try to email email with, whether that's you know my pastor's wife or somebody like Roma Downey that, you know, God bless her. will just shoot me a quick little email and say, congrats on the book. And I can follow her from afar and, you know, admire the work that she and Mark Burnett are doing. Um, I love author Brene Brown, some of those people, you know, from the distance that I've never met, but I admire. So I try to encourage people to, you can, again, piecemeal it together and you'll get to a point where you will end up being a mentor to someone else. And there's a young gal named Keely who I got matched up with in New York City a couple years ago, who was just getting into this industry fresh out of college. And we became good friends and iron sharpens iron. So appreciate all those friendships very much. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't always think I would have time for them, Michael. We get busy. And when they wanted me to mentor this young lady, I, I just had a baby and I thought, oh my gosh, do I have time for this? Yes, you do. It's so important. I know that I appreciate people that pour into my life. And so I made the time for it. And what always, of course, ends up happening is she inspires me. And it is such a, you know, 50, 50, 50 mutually beneficial thing, which is yes. so, so beautiful. Yeah, your book is definitely a give back book. I mean, a lot of people could put their nose in the air and say, hey, you know, I'm on uh, Thursday Night Football and, uh, you know, cover the Super Bowl. I'm on Inside Edition. But you you seem to want to give back all those learning lessons, or as Oprah says, yes. uh, so that people yes. could really learn. I found that very generous on your part. Oh, gosh, thank you for saying that. Well, again, I know how much I appreciate the people that have poured into my life, the books that I have read that have motivated me. And as I mentioned to you, Michael, when I got that email, you know, that wasn't the first time somebody has said that to me, had said, hey, you know, where is, you know, the guidance for the young people of faith in this world that want to pursue secular careers, big secular jobs? And so I really took that to heart. And I think you come to a point where you look around and you go, well, I'm not perfect. I certainly don't have all the answers and have it all figured out, but I'm going to just start trying. I'm just going to put pen to paper here and start writing this down because if it encourages one person, it's worth it. And that was important to me to just begin to help others. And here we go, two and a half years later. I think in kindergarten, was it kindergarten or later where you went to a radio station and someone said, who wants to get on the, the microphone there? And you said, I'll do it. Was that was that kindergarten or high school? 
That was kindergarten. I oh, don't wow. <laughs> remember it. I don't really remember it, Michael, but my parents sure do. And my kindergarten teacher sure does. And I, I do remember being in the room and the microphone. I think it was one of those moments where, you know, you're probably, I was probably just so overwhelmed, but yeah. And that was sort of the first taste of the industry, if you will. Standing out in this culture, that struck me too, because, you know, a lot of Christians either distance themselves from the culture or are afraid of culture. You're saying, let's get involved and actually let's be influencers as Christians in our culture. And I thought that was well done. Can you talk about that? Oh, thank you. Well, I really believe a lot of people talk and preach about their concerns with Hollywood and the media, and they feel that it's very dark and they don't feel that they're represented or that their values are represented I've heard, I've heard a lot of that, and I really believe in order to change culture, we need to engage directly with culture, and we need to do it with excellence. Michael, I've seen how important ratings are to a television show, to a station, to a movie. I believe that people you know, vote with the dollar and with the remote control. And so I just want to encourage people that if you don't like what you're seeing, you know, change the channel. And if you do like what you're seeing, then then you're letting the industry know. Um, I want people to feel empowered that by getting involved, you can indeed be a part of this process. Um, I, I need more people to join me and have their, you know, raise their voice in the room and give an opinion and just be a part of the discussion when story ideas are coming down. I'm passionate about people taking a seat at the table and doing what they can um, with their sphere of influence to um, be the best that they can be in their lives. I wanted to ask you, when you're on the road the way you are all the time, how do, do you find a church just nearby, or how do you how does that whole thing work? I mean, will you stop into a church and say, I have an assignment in such and such time, I could still make church? Yeah, that is a great question. So I'm one of those people that loves to just drop into a church. Um, I'm talking to you right now from Houston, Texas. I'm down here for the book tour, and the last time I was in Houston, I just popped into Joel Osteen's church in the back, you know, to just uh, watch his service um, and be a part of it. So yeah, I try to, I try to figure it out with my schedule. It's not always possible. Thank goodness for podcasts and for technology <laughs> so we can tune in that way. Um, but, but yes, it's, it's, it's cool too nowadays with social media and so forth that we can follow and know where pastors are and what church times are. So I'm not perfect at it. Uh, Michael, I don't always get there, but I try my darndest. And again, I'm thankful for technology. I'm going to put you on the spot just for one last question here, that thriving in your career while staying true to your beliefs, of course, that's the theme behind your book. And, and so if people were going to pick up your book today, uh, what would you tell them categorically what's in it? Yes. Well, I tried to make this book a motivational guide, a how-to guide for anyone that wants to figure out how to thrive in their career and stay true to their values and their beliefs. So I talk about first the call to action that I want believers to take their seat at the table and know that they can do it and do it with um, excellence. And then I talk a bit about my journey, about my the mentors in my life, different launching pad programs I've been involved with, the reality of my job, what it's like to cover the red carpet, the not so glamorous stories, the difficult ones that I've had to figure out. And then I just want to talk practically about negotiating contracts and figuring out body image as a female. And then in those moments when you have to make a tough decision, remembering who you are, I give you my take on how I did it, but I believe it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's my hope this book will inspire you 
to figure out your journey and you will be empowered to thrive in your career and know that you can stay true to your beliefs. Megan Alexander, once again, the national correspondent for Inside Edition. You ever get tired of that? <laughs> Hearing that? It's Sounds good. Sounds pretty I good. I love working on the show. Love it, love it, love it. Absolutely. You're like the Christian Mary Tyler Moore. And uh, <laughs> we're very happy to have had you on the program. You're going to inspire a lot of people. Thanks for taking the time to be on the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. Thank you so much, Michael. God bless.